Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking in Transition, where we explore how banking has changed through the COVID-19 pandemic and is adapting for the future. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers as we move towards a new normal in banking. I'm Kimberly Long, Asia Editor of the Banker, and I'm speaking with Roland Branley, Strategic Product Manager at SmartStream. Thanks for joining us today, Roland. Hi, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to join you. So to begin with, what are the current discussions you are having with clients around ISO 20022 as the deadline gets closer and how prepared are they? Well, the discussions are actually very numerous and it's interesting that um, we see both ranges of the story. We see banks that are very well prepared and banks that have really sort of let the deadline run down on them and now realize they have to do something. I think it's very clear to the industry that this is a huge opportunity with ISO 20022 because it increases the data set available to banks dramatically and allows them to use that data in many places where previously it wasn't available. And everybody obviously knows data is the new gold. However, I think also one of the implications we'll see is that the banks who are very well prepared will potentially be looking to increase the cost of doing business with banks that are not capable of sending ISO 20022 messages. Now that will obviously be painful, um, but it will encourage people to make these changes. And as said, because the data set is so much bigger, they are quite substantial changes. And have banks underestimated the impact of this standard? And what are the current decisions they are having to make? So I don't think banks have necessarily underestimated the impact, but I do believe that there have been some bigger bumps on the journey than expected. Um, Previously, everything was defined by SWIFT, which included the format and the way the messages are populated. ISO is a bit more open. It does actually um, describe the format, but not how to to populate the messages. So it does take a little bit more work on their side. I think what definitely has been underestimated, and that is the impact of COVID as a catalyst. Um, Customers have now become digital. Um, They're used to using digital platforms. Even the last ones who refused to use digital media or refused to use contactless cards, et cetera, have now moved to that. So the focus is from a customer experience, much more on things being instant. And so that's not only using the ISO messages, but also using the underlying infrastructure to be faster. And so that definitely is a challenge. Um, And I think that is something that won't, that not everybody will be able to address immediately because it takes a lot more long-term planning. And you've touched already on the importance of data, but just how significant is it when it comes to ISO 20022? And do you almost think it's a case of data-rich, information-poor if it's not being managed correctly? Well, definitely. I mean, it's a huge opportunity. If you think about, especially in the traditional payment chains of banks and the way they reconcile payments and statements or, or the data that's been available, you've been traditionally looking at a data set that's maybe... 30 fields, 40 fields. With ISO 20022, you get 
more than 700 fields. Um, so there's a lot of data there. Now we've seen before when transitioning to different industry infrastructure messaging, but it hasn't always been utilized. So in the transition to ISO 15022, at the beginning, you know, the format was capable, had a lot of information possibilities, but it just wasn't populated. So that's why it's really important for banks to embrace ISO 20022 and really populate those messages. But if they're correctly populated, I mean, there's a wealth of information in there that they can use both in terms of checks um, to enable better AML, better KYC, but also operational information as in the entire payment chain being available and also other information that they can use to manage other processes. So as an example, on the ISO messages, you will get the daily interest rates from your correspondence. Well, that's a great thing to be able to actually calculate your balances and the interest due and the interest that you accrue. Um, and you can automize all of this. So the opportunity is massive. Um, and I think the banks that really embrace this will profit highly out of this. Um, it will allow them to use this data also in their other systems. It will allow them to do more checks, more balances, that they can make sure that their processes are correct. Um, but it does require that you embrace it and really use the capabilities and populate the fields. And the recent ACI report revealed the global impact of master wallets moving to ISO 20022. What will this mean for payments? Well, one thing that is a, a very big advantage is if the two are using the same um, underlying data format, again, we can leverage all of the data, even though they are traditionally two different business sites. The other thing is there's a huge amount of increase in payment volume um, through digital payments. So people are using contactless cards, internet payments, all those things, wallets. That's increasing um, because people don't want to use cash. And if you just think about it in terms of volume, you know, before you might have gone to your ATM, you'd withdraw $100 or £100 and you'd buy 20 coffees with that. Um, it was one transaction because you only went once to the ATM. Now, you buy 20 coffees with your contactless cards. That's 20 transactions. And also in the background, those transactions have to be settled. So you're seeing a, a massive uptake of volume. Um, so that also has to be handled. So we're not just talking about increasing the breadth of the message. We're also increasing about the number of the messages. And having all of that on a standard allows us to fill that data together. Um, first, we'll give them better operational control as well. But again, they can reuse that data to you know, understand things like customer behavior, um, understand you know, how customers are, are using their money, which obviously flows into a lot of other areas of banking. So, you know, bringing it all down to one common um, component uh, makes it a lot easier, 
long term for the banks to manage this data and to utilize this data to its fullest. That's great, Roland. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure, and thank you very much for having me. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Acast, and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.